We bless you, Lord. We thank you that you've sustained us. You've upheld us. You've lifted us up even when we were falling and had fallen. You restored life to us. You gave us life. You renewed our life. You've made us into new creations through Messiah. We want to live for you. We want to bring glory and honor to your name. We proclaim you are Adonai, you are Lord. We proclaim Yeshua is Adonai. Thank you, Lord, that you have become our Redeemer, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you are our loving and merciful Father. We bless you, Lord. In Yeshua's name we say, amen, amen. Thank you all. You may be seated. I want to invite the ushers to come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings. Every Shabbat, one of the ways that we worship the Lord is through our tithes. We bring our tenths to the Lord And those of you who have been faithful to the Lord, you've brought your tents to the Lord, you've discovered something about God's economy, that he blesses you in great abundance as you bring forth the full tithe to him. We also, on the high holidays, take up special offerings for the mercy ministries and the outreach and missions ministries of the congregation. And so... Tonight, we're receiving tithes, and if you are bringing special offerings as well, could you designate that on your check, that it's a special offering for, um, for Yom Kippur, and that way we can distinguish and separate those. And at Yom Kippur, the special offerings support the mercy ministries that serve the hungry and serve the poor and the, the immigrants and the elderly and those in prison and Holocaust survivors and others in need through many of the ministries that we have here. And we also have, as a congregation, a great commitment, not just to ourselves, but to the well-being of the Messianic movement. And so together, our congregation uh, works with Messianic rabbis in congregations in Ukraine and Crimea, and you've, you know many of them, not just Rabbi Yuri and Rebetzin Ina, who are here now, but the rabbis um, from other congregations there. And we have been a lifeline of support for them through our giving and through our relationships. We also serve in the IAMCS, the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues, And we help build up leaders and congregations both in the United States and other countries. And as well as a congregation, we're reaching out all over the world through our podcasts. And the podcast ministry, as we reported in August, passed the 8 million mark in feeds and downloads that we provided free to people all over the world. And every week we're hearing from people who consider 
the podcast from our congregation to be a lifeline for them, sustaining them. Many people live in cities without Messianic congregations, or they live in countries without Messianic con- congregations, or they live in countries where it's just dangerous to do anything Jewish. And so we are like a stealth ministry into those places. And we're encouraging people all over the world. They often write us and say, you don't know me, but we know you. And they consider Beth Israel to be their congregation, their Messianic congregation, because they have no Messianic congregation. And write us and, and tell us how their life has been changed and how they have been changed through this ministry. So when you're joining us in supporting Beth Israel, the mercy ministries and the outreach ministries, you would be amazed how far we reach together and how many people we impact all over the world. So congratulations to you because we're in this together. And as a congregation, we are making a difference. As well, we support the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America and the Joseph Project under, uh, under the alliance. The Joseph Project is a ministry in Israel that provides humanitarian aid to every kind of person in Israel, Jews, Christians, people that like Messianic Jews and people that don't, Arabs, Druids, uh, so many different kinds of folks. And even in recent months, we've been able to help the people of Syria in the war-torn areas of Syria in partnership not only with the, Mes- uh, with the Joseph Project and its warehouses in Israel, but with another ministry in Israel that has a heart for reaching. It's a traditional Jewish ministry that has a heart for reaching into war-torn areas, especially to the historic enemies of Israel. And the leaders of this ministry are former IDF and current IDF, Israel Defense Force personnel, who work even more stealthily than we ever could, believe it or not. But through their mercy and through our work together, we are bringing help to people whose hearts had been turned away from God, from the Jewish people, and from Messiah, and now they're softening because of the acts of mercy that we're showing to them. So who could imagine that little old us, together with little old congregation here and there, all of us together could have an impact on Syria. We could have an impact on all the different populations of Israel, but we are together. So when you're giving above and beyond your tithe special offerings for the mercy ministries and the outreach ministries of the congregation, you are really making a difference all over the world. So let's, let's bring our tithes and our offerings now. Lord, we thank you for your generosity to us, and we take to heart your word that the one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will reap generously. And we want to be generous people, knowing this, Lord, that you have promised that the one who is generous will prosper. 
And the one who refreshes others will be refreshed himself. So we bring to you our tithes and we bring to you our offerings, Lord, that your name would be glorified and we would honor you with our finances. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you can receive the tithes and the offerings. And while they're passing the offering baskets, I want to give a special welcome to any visitors who are with us for the first time. Anyone here who's with us for the first time? Welcome. So glad you could join us. Very glad you could make it on this cold Nidre night. There is a welcome card in the seat back in front of you. If you fill that out and you can leave it in the drop box uh, by the front door, that way we can stay in touch with you and we can send you information about what's happening in the congregation. We will not send you junk mail. We will only tell you about good things that are happening here in the congregation. So welcome. We're so glad you could join us tonight. A few announcements. Tomorrow, after the morning service, we'll have a Yiskor memorial service to remember loved ones who have passed away. And then at 6 o'clock, we will have our Nila service, our closing service. And we are going to start that service with the reading of the book of Jonah, one of the traditional readings for Yom Kippur. Jonah's a short book. Uh, He was in the belly of the whale how long? Just a few days, right? And it doesn't even take more than a few minutes to read the book of Jonah. So it takes us longer to read about him than it took him to get out of the fish. But we're going to read that because it's a, it's a powerful word for all of us about bringing the good news to other people and the impact that the gift of repentance has, that repentance can actually transform an individual and a whole city, a whole people. Repentance can turn people whose, whose future is going Uh, towards death and destruction, repentance and turning to God can turn them around where they can become a blessed people. So it'll be a wonderful time. And I encourage you to join us. We'll also be uh, taking the meal of Messiah, so Dat HaMashiach, um, at the conclusion of Nilah as well. We do have a prayer meeting coming up this week, uh, Wednesday, October 4th, from 6.30 to 7.30. And a reminder to RSVP for Sukkot so that we have you coming and we know how many mouths to feed. We're also recruiting people to help serve at the Sukkot picnic. And we are um, we're needing guys to help with the setup and the takedown of chairs and tables. And everyone is reminded to bring plenty of fruit to hang in the sukkah for the Sukkot picnic, and you're also welcome to bring desserts to share. Uh, Cookies are one of our favorites, but we'll take anything that's really good. But we do ask that you portion it. So if it's a cake, slice it. If it's something else, put it into portions so that it's ready to serve. And last note about all this, Josh Manning and Jared Burke are leading the building of the sukkah, this Sunday, October 1st at 10 a.m. And everyone who wants to help, who's capable of helping, 
uh, you are welcome to come. If you'd like to help, you can also sign up at the welcome desk. So 10 o'clock Sunday morning, build the sukkah. And then it'll be up for the, um, the whole week into the picnic. We want to take a few minutes now to uh, look at the scriptures. Before we begin, let's pray together. Baruch atah Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about fasting, specifically how to fast well, because a good fast is an easy fast. And if you're just fasting for no good purpose, it'll be harder for you, and you'll miss the mark. Not only will it be harder physically, but spiritually it will be ineffective. The, the text I want to use is Isaiah 58, and I, I want to just remind you about something very basic about fasting. When we fast, when we do without food, we are humbling ourselves before God. And we are actually making ourselves less powerful than we normally are. On Yom Kippur, it's traditional to eat nothing and drink nothing if you are medically healthy enough for that and old enough for that and not pregnant and so forth. When we do without food and drink, we weaken ourselves, and it's for a purpose. We are saying to God, we're not sufficient ourselves, and what we need help with, we can't accomplish on our own. And so by humbling ourselves, not just spiritually, but physically, it becomes an affliction in in the scriptures. We're saying, Lord, we need you, and we need your help, and we can't do in our own strength what is necessary. So in order to show to you, Lord, we're not depending on our strength. We're not depending on our righteousness. We're not depending on our ability, our maturity, and so forth. We're depending on you. We fast. And in that condition, we express to the Lord with sincerity our regrets about our own sinfulness and our dependence on God's mercy. Now, Isaiah 58 is a traditional reading for Yom Kippur. And I want to read to you from the complete Jewish Bible translation. David Stern uh, translated this. And it's a slight modification of the Jewish Publication Society translation, the the great version that was published in 1917 is held in, in great regard. But I want to read to you starting in verse 1. Shout out loud, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a shofar. Proclaim to my people what rebels they are. To the house of Yaakov their sins. Now it's worth saying that this is Isaiah who's saying this. This is not me. And this is not an anti-Semite. When you read in the Bible charges against the Jewish people that come from the prophets of Israel, it's not anti-Semitism. Do you understand this? 
It's important to get this right. This is not any kind of anti-Semitism. In the same way, when you read in the New Testament scriptures, charges against the Jewish people, it's not anti-Semitism. So if someone uses the texts in order to further anti-Semitism, they're misusing the text. The purpose of the prophetic texts is to restore and correct, to, to bring people into a right relationship by fixing the part that's wrong. So the first thing, proclaim to my people what rebels they are. To the house of Yaakov, Jacob, their sins. Verse two. Oh yes, they seek me day after day, and they claim to delight in knowing my ways, as if they were an upright nation that had not abandoned the rulings of their God. They ask me for just rulings and claim to take pleasure in closeness to God, asking then this, why should we fast if you don't see? Why mortify ourselves, Lord, if you don't notice? Here's my answer. This is the Lord's answer to that attitude. Why should we do this if we're not getting your attention? The Lord says, when you fast, you go about doing whatever you like while keeping your laborers hard at work. Your fasts lead to quarreling and fighting, to lashing out with violent blows. On a day like today, fasting like yours will not make your voice heard on high. Verse 5, is this the sort of fast I want a day when a person mortifies himself? Is the object to hang your head like a reed and spread sackcloth and ashes under yourself? Is that what you call a fast, a day that pleases Adonai? Verse 6, here's the sort of fast I want. Releasing those unjustly bound. Untying the thongs of the yoke. Letting the oppressed go free. Breaking every yoke. Sharing your food with the hungry. Taking the homeless poor into your house. Clothing the naked when you see them. Fulfilling your duty even to your own family, your kinsmen. When you do this, then your light will burst forth like the morning. Your new skin will quickly grow over your wound. Isn't that a great verse? Thank you, Brian Stone, for bringing that verse to my attention this morning. It's, a, it's an interesting rendering. Most of the English translations say you'll, your healing will quickly come or you'll recover. And that's a fair translation, but it misses one of the more interesting words in the Hebrew that's hard to translate because it talks about something growing quickly. Well, what is it that grows quickly? It's the skin that grows over the wound. And it's talking about having open sores and wounds that get healed. Isn't that wonderful? Your light will burst forth like the morning. Your new skin will quickly grow over your wound. Your righteousness will precede you. And Adonai's glory will follow you. Then you will call. And Adonai will answer. You will cry and he will say, He nani, here I am. If you will remove the yoke from among you, stop false accusation and slander. Generously offer food to the hungry and meet the needs of the person in trouble. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom become like noon. How many have had any kind of gloomy, hard year 
in this past year. You've had difficulties that, that have put a cloud over you sometimes. There's a word here for you. And the word is your gloom will become like the noon. Instead of being dark and gloomy, the sun's going to shine upon you. It's going to be bright. Verse 11, Adonai will always guide you. He will satisfy your needs in the desert. He will renew the strength in your limbs so that you will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. You will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise foundations from ages past, and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets to live in. If you hold back your foot on Shabbat from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call Shabbat Oneg, a delight, Adonai's holy day worth honoring, then honor it by not doing your usual things or pursuing your interests or speaking about them. If you do, you can find delight in Adonai, and I will make you ride on the heights of the land, and I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor, Yaakov, Jacob. For the mouth of Adonai has spoken. It's not enough to go through the motions. It's not enough to follow religious traditions simply because they are traditions. In fact, the Lord is saying, you can fast on Yom Kippur and it will have no useful effect other than just making you hungry or thirsty. That's it but it will not change you, nor will it get the Lord's attention. The Lord's looking for people who are fasting because they're humbling themselves before God, not because they're going through the motions. One of the things that we know from experience is that religious people can turn other people off from God. How many have known how that works? that very religious people can actually cause people who aren't religious to not want to get close to God. What is the main reason why that happens? It's because of the hypocrisy of the religious person. When, when people say one thing, but they do another, then other people notice. If you understand that, then you can understand what God is saying. He's saying this, you can keep all the laws about fasting, but if your heart's not right, then even the Lord gets turned off. So it turns out it's not just secular people who get turned off by this. The Lord says, I'm, I'm turned off. I'm turned off when you fast, but your heart is close to me. It won't help you. Now, the Lord doesn't just push people away. He doesn't just reject people. He tells them how to fix what needs to be fixed. And he shows them sincerely and simply what they can do. And, and in Isaiah 58, one of the words is this. Stop looking for your own gain. Help other people in trouble. Do it sincerely, and when you do that, you'll discover something. The God who you're serving 
will also help you get out of your trouble. But if you're just angry with God, and all you have are complaints against God, and yet you want to do religious traditions, God's saying, hey, I'm not going to fix anything. Fix your heart first. How do you fix your heart? It's pretty simple, but it's really hard. You, you fix your heart by humbling yourself before God, confessing your sin, and that's why even though a lot of religious groups talk about sin all the time, the Jews really focus you know, once a year in the strongest of ways as a people, and we say, this is the time when we're, when we're dealing with it. But we must not only talk about our sin, we must not only confess our sin, we must confess it to God. We must talk to God about it, and we must make some things right with him for this to work. So when, when we come on Yom Kippur, no matter how mature you are or immature, how old or young, how long you've been a believer, or whether even you're not a believer, if you're here and you're hearing these words, it's because the Lord wants your heart. He wants your life. He doesn't want you to keep distance from him because other people are hypocrites. Because if you say you believe in God, but you keep your distance from him, you're a hypocrite. And he doesn't want anyone to be a hypocrite. A hypocrite in the Greek means someone who puts a mask on and is acting out something that they really are not. So the Lord's not looking for us to bring a masked persona to him. We're supposed to unmask ourselves before him. And if we don't do it, he'll do it. He'll take away the masks. Have you ever tried to fake God out? It doesn't work. We've all tried. And in the end, we've discovered that God knows the truth, and the truth will set us free. So at Yom Kippur, we stop trying to fake the Lord out. And we humble ourselves before him, and we let him deal with us. Not afraid, not begging him, as if he's uncertain about his own attitude towards us, but knowing that he wants us to live and experience life as his beloved children. He wants that from us. That's why he gives the Holy Spirit to us so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. That's why he gives the gift of repentance that leads to life, because he wants us to have life. So I want to encourage you, Use this time. Use it well. Use the fast well and fast. And I can tell you fasting goes slowly because it's not only through the night, it's in the morning. It's not only in the morning, it's in the afternoon. It's not only in the afternoon, it's until the end. But when you fast and your heart is towards the Lord, it'll be easier. So I say to you, Tsumkal, may you have an easy fast because your hearts are right with God and you're seeking him with all of your hearts. When you do this, you become useful to the Lord to restore the things that are broken in this world, the people that are broken, and you become repairer of broken things, restorer of streets with dwellings. Before we continue with our the rest of our 
service as we draw near to the conclusion. Would you join me in praying for the people who have been suffering because of the hurricanes, the people of Puerto Rico, especially those in the islands. Many people lost stuff here, but the suffering that's going on right now in Puerto Rico with the outages and the, um, the loss of power, the loss of water, the loss of food, and so forth, it's, it's quite severe. So join me in praying, would you? Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, in, in the islands, and we pray, Lord, we pray for them, that you would sustain them during this time. We pray for the aid that they need, the help that they need, for the restoration of power. We pray for goodwill among them, that they might have hearts of servants one for another. And that even in the time of their difficulty, that you would bring the best out from the people of this great land. We pray for all the islands that have been devastated, where people are suffering in great ways, and we pray for mercy for them and help for them. And let it be that on Yom Kippur, you heard their cries and you turn to them with mercy. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. One more thing. One of the most important decisions you could ever make is the decision to follow the Lord, to put your trust in him. And one of the most important aspects of that is to know that you've done it. When I first became a believer, I wasn't even sure I'd done it. But I started having this dawning realization that I'm trusting the Lord that I'm beginning to live for him and I'm beginning to walk for him. And I remember I was, I, was, um, I was with a group of people that included some folks that lived on, in the mountains around the area where I grew up, Roanoke, Virginia, Bent Mountain. And one woman came up to me and she said, I heard you became a believer. And at that moment I thought, it's true. <laughs> and so I said to her, yes, I, I did, I am. And I think that was the first moment where I said to another person, I am a believer in Yeshua now. I'm telling you this because you can't keep it to yourself. You shouldn't. And if you try, it's not a good thing. It's better to tell at least one person I've turned to the Lord. I've, I'm, I'm all in. Count on me from this point on. I'm counting on the Lord. I am going to serve the Lord. I'm going to walk with him. Tell someone. If you've started following the Lord and nobody knows for sure, they're sort of wondering, remove the doubt. And tonight would be a good night. Tell someone. Don't go home tonight without telling someone that you have decided to follow the Lord. If you haven't told anybody, tonight's the night for you to tell somebody. And if you're on the edge, Yom Kippur is a great time to get off the edge. Get off the fence. Don't straddle the fence. Be single-minded and say to the Lord, I believe in you, I trust you, and I want to follow you. Let this be a time of decisiveness and single-mindedness, and I can tell you this, it'll be the best decision you ever made. 
and it will pay off every day of your life because you'll have new life. Lord, I pray for all those who are at that moment of recognition and at that moment of decision that they would be single-minded and single-hearted and that their yes would be yes and that they would say, for sure, I believe in you. I'm trusting in you. I know Yeshua is Adonai. He's Messiah and Lord. He's my Savior and my Redeemer. He died for me. He rose from the dead. He paid for my sins and took all the punishment that I deserved so that I would get all the mercy I don't deserve. And I believe in you. Lord, let it be that every mouth confesses Yeshua is Adonai. Amen. We're going to move towards the close of our service with Avinu Malkena. Would you please rise? Vishmarecha, Yeer Adonai, Panavelecha, Vichonecha, Yisadonai, Panavelecha, Vayasem Lecha Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.